Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Feeling myself lately. I ain't gonna lie. Nigga get a haircut and don't know how to motherfucking act. Bro, I've been getting looks and I'm like, oh, we out here. What'd I tell you? No, nah, but that shit is wild. Like, I was walking, I was like, yo, she just gave me the look. It's been a minute. It's been a long winter. <laughs> it's a drought, my nigga. Oh my God. <clears throat> Beyonce got me feeling black as hell this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not even gonna lie. Um, shit. Let's just start there. So, did you watch it? Of course, I watched it. Okay, turn up. I'm trying to get my parents to watch it with me. Yeah, I gotta get that done. I feel like that's a to, black cultural moment. They need to know that A and M was in the mix. Beyonce and Alabama cares State. about. I know and Alabama State, and they went to Alabama State. Yeah, fuck Alabama State. But um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, mom. It's A and M over here, dog. Um, yeah, so I watched it, and even though I had stayed up and watched it when she did it the first time at Coachella, that shit was crazy. It's just something about the way she starts that thing and has the girl drumming, killing it, and then, like, the reveal, and she started walking with that sexy-ass walk. With thighs kissed by Jesus. That's strut. <laughs> The bad bitch walk. That strut. She be stomping our motherfucking lives out of our bodies. The dopest part is like <clears throat> when she does the quick step in the middle of it. Like it's the one, two, two three. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dopest. Beyonce, she really just. The first fucking song, I was fucking lit. And then I just love the way she still incorporated all of her. Um, all of her samples, like the Swag Surf and like Sea Murder and the OT Genesis. OT Genesis. That's the part that, that will gets always me. be my motherfucking part. Okay, like that shit gets me all the way lit. Um, that shit was just crunk as fuck. And then she lift every voice, but then I just love, I love, love, love Beyonce documentaries because. We don't, we don't always know. We don't ever know, really, what goes on and what's happening. Why you no, I'm, like no, I'm just measuring it because oh. we were going in loud. Oh, sorry. We don't ever know though, like what goes on in Beyonce's day to day life. She don't give interviews. She doesn't do interviews. She doesn't, you know. She has high security. She don't get caught out here by paparazzi. Like she makes sure that her life is her life. So when we get to see like the inside of it is really dope we all know that she's a hard worker but then like actually seeing it and what she sacrifices and what she puts her body through and how she trains herself and trains her mind and 
that is just a phenomenal woman okay and now she got three kids two of which are twins like she is out here like superwoman is the best way i can describe beyonce seeing how much detail went into it almost just made me feel like it's not something they made this is some professional like and this this is in different areas what the (laughs) this ain't no homemade (laughs) (laughs) like oh she killing this shit for, for real but the thing i never thought about until i watched it I didn't even catch this when I watched uh, her performing at Coachella. It never dawned on me that how much she was influenced by HBCUs. And I don't know why. Like, it never really dawned on me because every, I guess it's almost like one of those things where you just think that's just how bad bitches uh, act. Well, she's <laughs> from Texas and yeah. their family is from Louisiana. So it's like. And then her daddy's from Alabama mixed that uh, Creole with that Negro. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, they get a taste of They got a taste of it all. Yeah, and then he went to Fisk, of course, her dad. Mm. And then she said they were rehearsed a lot of Texas Southern and Prairie View, which makes sense. But just I guess it never dawned on me that Beyonce grew up watching all these black, black bands colleges. the way we did. Yeah, and then she incorporated that in her ter- her style. And even when you look back, it's like before she told us, we should have just seen it. But I guess it's because I guess because I'm younger. Yeah. And it's like that's just how Beyonce has always been. Yeah. So you think of it as this is some shit she started, mm-hmm. not that she's carried on a tradition. It's it's just it's just fucking amazing that she did all of that black ass shit at Coachella yes like that's probably the blackest shit Coachella has ever seen yo they had stomping (laughs) they had lift every voice and sing it was a step show it was gospel it was hip hop like and then fucking uh no 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 that shit like (sighs) it was dope you don't love me this I know why. Like she just I whew, chills every time. And then playing that shit in the car, it's just a dynamic experience. Yeah. Somebody made the point that <clears throat> now you, you kinda like before people always used to try to give her credit to the people around her, but oh she's just a machine. She doesn't have any creative input into this but well you can clearly see her influences she was the director yes of this shit she wrote this shit no the funniest scene (laughs) one of the funniest scenes is when she's she's politely (laughs) dogging out her crew and jay-z is just sitting there and then when she's like bye (laughs) she'd be like look i know we short on time but it gotta get better y'all it got to and it will (laughs) that's a real life leader man we need her for president like okay like, she knows how to get the fucking job done. She didn't cuss them out. She didn't. She read the fuck out of them. But she, she wasn't yelling. <laughs> she wasn't rolling her eyes. She's like, y'all gonna, y'all gonna understand what the fuck I'm saying. <clears throat> fuck all this other shit. You got that? Um, what else did, caught me? Just seeing her just be a like a real ass vulnerable person. None of us knew that she 
was a high risk pregnancy with the twins or that she had any of those complications. They kind of, um, it was kind of a rumor mill, but I mean, hell, they also said that she, that she didn't really have blue. That she had a surrogate, right. But just seeing her talk about <clears throat> the issues with her pregnancy and then, you know, seeing her be excited to fit back into her old costumes because she didn't <laughs> think that she was going to be able to lose that much weight that fast and like the why, pressure of that. Why are, why are people reading Jay-Z for not being super excited? I mean, that's what has what Jay-Z hope, probably expected that shit. Right, like, like man, I'm married to a bad bitch, bro. Of course she go get her Beyonce, shit. Like this is what's supposed to happen. And <laughs> right. Like he was like, okay, girl, like we knew you was going to do this. <laughs> And when people were like, if I was married to Beyonce, yeah, but that's why you're not married to Beyonce. Right. Like, that's his, that's his just, girl, man. I just like, love seeing Beyonce just be a real-ass human. I love hearing her fucking cuss. Bro, that she said, if my country ass can do it. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. If my country ass can do it, too. <laughs> yes, but girl. I do like the fact that she started embracing being a Texan and a Southerner and displaying that in her music and her art more mm-hmm. because for a while it seemed like she was a product. I got to, <laughs> like my throat is irritated. <laughs> I got to get this cough out. <coughs> <coughs> All right. Damn. I had to get that out. I didn't want to cough while you were talking. But, uh, Seeing her be creative. Yeah, seeing her use her Southern identity more into uh, her art in different ways. By seeing just how influenced she was from, like, was like Houston and New Orleans. The blend of it, also. The fact that there's a lot of... But it's always been there, though. Even when she was in Destiny's Child. Like, right. when she wore the fucking gold fang in uh, Say My Name or Bootylicious or one of the videos. Bootylicious. And you know what I'm saying? Like, she's always been for the culture. And that's what, that's what I used to hate when, like, there was so many black girls that were, like, Beyonce haters because they felt like her having blonde hair and being light-skinned was her, like conforming to society and she wasn't she wasn't really black enough and she she only made music for white people and i was like but i mean there was an element of that it wasn't was, complete I mean, she w- was very commercial when she went solo because she had to be to try to gauge the market but and at the time that she, like all right i'll give you that at Nick, the time Nicki minaj was the same way yeah i mean at the time that beyonce <laughs> beyonce could only be as black as she is now because of how quote-unquote other she was for a long time to a lot of white people that's it it was more palatable to white audiences that's it but we got nigga beyonce <laughs> <laughs> The floodgates have opened. When do you when when do you think nigga Beyonce arrived? Is it self-titled or formation? Self-titled. Definitely. Self-titled. That's when I feel like it too. <sighs> when she got a little bit more sexually explicit, I was like, okay, Beyonce's here. <laughs> She's a woman and she letting us know that she is here. Four is an underrated album. Because that is the transition Bye. you need. Ooh, everybody loves four. I don't think after one plus what, one, no, but I'm saying for you. Yeah, but I mean, after 
after Lemonade and self-titled. Four is not as good of an album, but it's necessary to make self-titled so and Lemonade. So what would go after self-titled and Lemonade if it's not four? In order of... Her best? Yeah. I mean, it, it probably is going to be four, but at the time, people didn't like four the way that they like it now. It grew on a lot of people. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Like, because she had just came off I Am Sasha Fierce, which was fucking... Like, she had legendary hits on there. Like, Sing Lady's gonna be played for the rest of our fucking lives. Yeah, and that was during the Lady Gaga era, too. Right, and, she, and they were all still like, yo, Beyonce the shit. That's when Lady Gaga was prime Lady Gaga. Yeah. And it was still like, that's Beyonce, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Beyonce so, Ben King. <laughs> yes. But I think by having four four is the bridge that had to happen because that was the first album that she did by herself where it was completely under her direction Mm -hmm. she had lost she had that miscarriage and then she was finally pregnant with uh blue Mm -hmm. that's the turning point and then i guess whatever happened between her and jay like we assume we know but whatever happened between that all of that tied in into making nigga Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Beyonce said, I got to let y'all know about some shit. <laughs> right. But it's dope because it's it's authentic. It's not. It's just like, to me, it's just such a, a great representation of our culture. Like, there's so much culture that she brings now. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this uh, uh, trolling-ass question. Is it appropriation of HBCU culture? What she did? Yeah. 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 I don't think it is. Because at first, I was like... "Uh." I mean, she did it well, first and foremost, which let me know that she definitely grew up watching this shit. Well, yes, and but no, because HBCU culture is not a technical genre. You know what I'm saying? But it kind of is. And that's kind of what, well, it's, it's what this is. It's not official. It's not official. But why? Because it's black. Because it's black as fuck. But I think it is official. It's just we never... Like we never discussed. Nobody this at, was ever just gonna put out a CD of live HBCU shit and call it like an album, like a studio album, on a record, on a large record deal. Nobody was gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? Like now, it might become an official thing. But no, I'm not. I'm not even saying that. Like the album was. I'm saying more so of that's a very specific audience that she went toward that Wait, let me go let me, let me think what I'm trying to say I don't think it's appropriation but I think the only reason we don't think that sometimes is because we look at black shit as being up for grabs mm-hmm. but I don't think it's appropriation it's gonna sound crazy because I feel like she grew up in that she grew up in that culture that's what I was gonna say now when you get to the I always wanted to go to the HBCU thing that's kind of where you're like I mean, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, Beyonce. We'll let you have it. Because you might have. 
and you could have went, but she I mean, you went were to Prairie Views would it sound like? I don't know. She would. She would have to go. TSU. Beyonce at TSU is definitely one of them for the culture. <laughs> It'd be, can you imagine how bad they would brag? They'd be like, we got Michael Strahan, <laughs> we got Beyonce, and we got Megan Thee Stallion. All went to there. It's like, yo, that is a beautiful campus also. That and Prairie View are beautiful fucking camps. Mm, I've seen Prairie View or photos. Texas Southern is dope as fuck too. But, uh, Do you think this will lead to more black people going to HBCUs? Which the trend is already there. Black people have already been enrolling in HBCUs at a lot bigger rates, especially since the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, because she showed she showed that black is not a monolith. She's she showed so many different kinds of black people from the like contortionists and like the people in her in her band, the mamas and and uh, what's her bass guitarist? Damn it! Of course, I'm not gonna remember now. I know um, you're talking about, but just she's showing like so many different kinds of black that she's gonna be able to reach so many different kinds of black people, and that shit is fucking dope. Like Beyonce is letting you know that this shit is lit, and you gonna fucking believe her and want to go even more than you already do, like. I loved going to fucking AM games when I was younger because we went to a white school. The band and the dancing and shit, we didn't experience that. We didn't experience that. (laughs) And then we grew up with Drumline and we wanted to be like them, but that was another black ass band. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I have always loved HBCU band culture. So this is like I'm a fuck. I was in the band in high school. If y'all didn't fucking know, I played clarinet. Y'all don't understand. Dopest clarinet player in the world. <laughs> Literally, I was like first or second chair, like always no. out of like thirteen or fourteen clarinet. I mean, humble brag, you know, whatever. Weird flex, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but this is like two of my like worlds colliding, and I already love Beyonce, and I'm already like a fucking band geek. So it's just like, why didn't you go to a black school then? Because I was monkey see, monkey doing. You know, my best friends were going to Auburn. Yeah, you should you should came on over, bro. That shit was dope, and it wasn't dope. But the struggle is what made it fun. Yeah, no, I really wish. Uh, I feel like I would have had more relationships if I went to a black college. I had zero relationships in college. Except for people <laughs> you already knew. Yeah. That is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I did have that one year away. And then I had an A&M experience. And then I had the A&M experience with Chance, which was crazy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then, A&M experience times a thousand. <laughs> Cause he hanging out with all the football players and he hanging out with all the white kids, <laughs> the same places I'm going. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Go to HBCU support HBCUs also. Yeah. I think, um, HBCU attendance and applications are definitely going to increase exponentially. Just seeing like, in the documentary part, excuse me, like having the 
the dancers and the fraternities and the sororities mm-hmm. like step in and now she's putting this um before I let go challenge on Instagram, like yeah. showing all the the college kids doing their dancing and stuff like and then for even blacker experience, she did an a homecoming reunion at Coachella and invited Gremlin's band. What? And took pictures with the band and shit. This he, year at Coachella? Yeah. Cause all my Gram fam, which is what Gremlin people call each other. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know, I went to Grambling one year, and then I went to A&M, Alabama A&M, University, go Bulldogs, uh, for the rest of my uh, matriculation <laughs> to get real HBCU bougie, all those niggas. Uh, so, yeah. So, all my grand fan were putting the pictures up and stuff. So, I know she, she represented the real school, and they're also Adidas, too, so it's all tie-in, and it's like... But I did think about the whole uh, the appropriation thing because the episode where we talked about uh, Louisiana Monroe was trying to say that they were honorary HBCU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what made me think of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's appropriation. Now, when we started seeing little white girls trying to do this shit without doing the research, that's when we were talking about appropriation. Yes, that, that's guaranteed to happen. Give it two more weeks. The funniest shit was people showing pictures, videos of their babies watching uh, the documentary and being all into it. <laughs> that or their dogs. They were like, he Ooh, loves Beyonce. I want my nephew to watch it. Dude. He would get his fucking life. That nigga be dancing now. <laughs> my nephew is a really talented singer. Really? I really want him to go to HBC. If I want him to go to a and and just major in music. That should be dope. I would love to fucking sing in AM's gospel choir. Them motherfuckers are monsters. Ooh. The, the one at Oakwood too. Yeah. When I, I used to have a class in Morrison, which is where all the uh all the uh music people were. So we would be in there while they were practicing, like, God damn, these Ooh. niggas can see. Man, yeah. black people harmonizing is the most magical shit in the fucking world. Bro, black people are magic. Don't at me. We ain't magic Negroes. Now, that's a different fucking <laughs> story. Not an argument. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> black, man, black choirs are, ooh. Why you think Kanye got that shit on, like, on that wave? Yo, let's go back to that. That's another thing I thought about. When Wasn't people, that a good segue? Yes, that was a perfect segue. That me up. That was a good segue. That was dope. I that did that. that. I did that. He did that shit. That's, <laughs> that shit was legit. <laughs> that wasn't the first time we saw somebody blend HBCU culture at a pretty white event. No. Because Kanye definitely had a homecoming at the Grammys that year with Jamie Foxx where they did Gold Digger. Oh, yeah. With, with the white and the red. Suit. Mm-hmm. And they did, I can't remember whose band it was. Whose band was it? It might have been FAMU. But they had their band there. And then they had that whole thing. And then, you know, of course, Kanye had the whole college dropout thing. But I digress. How do you feel about the fact that Kanye West may have a cult? 
I said this on Twitter, but I mean, we all kind of felt like eventually there was going to be a cult element of this Kanye shit. He was destined. He was either going to become a preacher like Mace, which might actually happen now based on some of the shenanigans he's been on. Or that he was going to be a cult leader. (laughs) And (laughs) we're at the fork in the road now. And we're about to see which side got it right. Because this nigga is almost creating religion. I could have seen it coming. Bro, I knew this shit was coming. (laughs) Could definitely seen it coming. Y'all niggas been riding hard for Kanye since 2006. Before that, 2003. When I saw the through the wire video, I was like, "Oh, okay, true." This true. the nigga I'm a ride for. Wow, that was 2003, freshman year of high school. Damn, we were young. We grew up on this nigga. We oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's 17 Fuck. years. Wait, no, uh, that's what 17 years. Wait, 16. 2003, we were 14. We'll be 31 this year. That's 17 years, nigga. <laughs> Oh shit. We'll be 31 this year. Oh shit. <laughs> that is mind blowing. Oh, that's gross. Thir- I, like 30. Take it, Jesus. 30 was sexy. 30 was sexy. Like, 31 is like, well. Because you could, you could do the bougie, like, well, I mean, I'm 30 now, so. <laughs> It sounds like it wasn't as scary as right. I thought it was going to be. 30 was grown and sexy. 30 was whole. But 31 is like, like here, ew, we, here we go. Here we fucking go. It's just like when Wendy. This is it. Wendy's going to be 38 in August. But she already, she one of them people. I'm 38. Like, God damn, that shit's how old as fuck. Don't it. <laughs> but it's really not. It's not. <laughs> but I just fuck with her because that's how she said that. She walked into work when 9 11 happened. I was like, God damn, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> oh. um, so what do you feel about the whole Kanye Coachella of this year? Um, I heard about it. I ain't seen it, but it feels very Kanye. That shit dope as fuck. Bruh, as long as he just don't say shit. Right. But that's the other magic that people forget. Like, for a long time, Kanye didn't give us interviews. He was almost like on that Beyonce mysterious yeah, shit. Yeah. True. When that nigga be talking, he be like, what the fuck is shit this? shit fucks up. Damn, you right. He need to go back to not saying shit. Just release dope shit, Just to put, do your music. Cause, ain't he stuck in his fucking contract, basically? Yeah. It's Just a choice. do your music, sir. We're not here for nothing else. <laughs> we are not asking for much, sir. Just <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. We know that you've been the voice of our generation for all these years, but we need you to be quiet for right now. They've been grilling Rihanna about putting out music, too. Let her create. <laughs> this bitch trying to run the world, too. And doing it. Yes. She about to start doing furniture. Niggas about to be having that shit. They fucking houses. It's going to be the new living room. You know, the one. Give it up for black women. You know, the one that uh your grandma, the living room your grandma had that you couldn't go in. <laughs> That still had the uh, plastic on the furniture. The, the be, room that you just look at. Right. <laughs> or what my mom used to say, the room they just cleaned up on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas about to be having uh, Finny furniture in that shit. We like, don't sit room. up by Rihanna. <laughs> this is the sitting room where we don't sit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Rihanna baby. Don't be sitting on that shit. Get your ass up off my Fenty, bitch. What? <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. 
That rug is pure alpaca. Getting too close, pal. Too close. But no. Um Kanye though. I'm 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 here for it. I think I'm here for it. As long as you just shut the fuck up, man. As long man. as he don't support Trump no more, like... Or just don't say it. Open, openly. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Keep that shit to yourself. Don't tell <laughs> nobody else about your political beliefs. Because nobody gives a fuck. Especially if you ain't voting. Like, that's the part... Like, it's one thing to really believe the shit that you voted for it and you really believe it. Nigga, don't tell me you would have voted for somebody. Right. Nigga, you, you could have voted. <laughs> it was no thing stopping you from voting you didn't even vote so it's like do you even believe in it we we don't even we have no credibility only credibility i have in him is his music because even the fashion shit is hit or miss now man like yeah. though that merch oh, uh, i used to love kanye's merch that super like blown up shit that he had that oversized over oversized coat yeah oh my god bro that like Kanye merch used to be so fucking good. It was like, yo, why doesn't he just sell this shit all the fucking time? Now it's like he sells it all the time, and I don't want none of that shit. <laughs> I think I want this. Yeah, like Kanye is on some wild shit, of course, always. Another blast from the past. Talking about Kanye, Kanye's Coachella uh, performance in 2010, right after my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. is on par with Beyonce's. True, 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 true. Because if you ever watch that shit live, when I, I remember me and Markham were watching it on streaming and we were talking about it. it like, that Coachella performance was crazy. Man, well. let's go to Coachella next year. Let's go to Coachella. I want to go to Coachella next year. That shit is expensive as fuck. I know, but I want to go. They announced Afropunk Atlanta's lineup. When? For July? It's in October. Anderson Pack is uh the headliner. I saw that. You wanna go? I think I'm supposed to be going to Disney World then. Damn. I'm t- I think I'm gonna take my vacation this year and we'll chill in Orlando. Even though I just saw a video of the Easter Bunny beating up somebody in Orlando and I was like, What the fuck is going on in Orlando? <laughs> like the Easter Bunny got scraps out here? You got mad squabbles. No, one of my vacations has to be for my family reunion. So, when's your family reunion? July, end of July. That's when ours is. Are we family? No, just like <laughs> at this point. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, it's in Mobile, Fairhope. Damn, that's way down there. Oh yeah, it's gonna be hot as fuck. At least it ain't Rolling Fork, Mississippi, which is definitely in the Delta. True. You can have that. <laughs> Nigga, I was out Better there. Better you than me, pal. Nigga, I was out there. How did my great-grandparents used to pick cotton in this shit? Better you <laughs> than me. Because, honey. No wonder all them niggas left for Chicago. <laughs> How do we even get here? <laughs> I do feel like the last like three episodes have probably been the best in a while. Just because it ain't no structure to this shit. Well, there's one element that's always there. There's an added ingredient.
What else happened this week? Um, I saw. Oh, speaking of the, uh, the other holiday, I saw that you didn't go to uh, church. I did not. Easter. I did not. Did I say I was? Yeah, because remember we talked about how lit uh, praise and worship was going to be. Yeah, damn, I lied. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Kim is a fourth. A I real life fourth. To lay out at the pool instead. And oh, you a sinner, sinner. It was way better than church. <laughs> so, I think it was well worth it. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, I'm a heathen. Mm-mm-mm. I had a really chill Easter. That's what I did. I laid out. And it's an evil world we live in. <laughs> I laid out till about five, from like one to five. Just out there. It felt so good outside. It did feel good on Easter. Went home. Ate. My mama had cooked. Yes. Mama had ham and turkey. Went to bed, nigga. Like, that was my day. Like, I loved it. I loved getting in the bed early. Dude, that is a very true thing. Like, <laughs> now that I've gotten older, go like, waking up early is so much lit. Man, then, like, like, I got time to process you just myself. You get so much more done. Yeah. Like, you have way more time to wind down. Like, it's just... I like, like, I've been trying to train myself to get up at seven, no matter if I have to work or not. Oh, I get up at five now. Most of the time, um, if it's an off day, I probably won't get up until like eight or nine, which is still not terrible. But just getting up earlier and feeling like you actually got good sleep, just like, it'll change your life. <laughs> like, uh, Sunday night, I actually went to sleep pretty early considering that i was off the next day so i woke up at six yesterday and was just chilling i went back to sleep till about seven i took cooper out i let him stay outside for like an hour and a half then i I got ready i went and did some errands went ate but of course mangoes Ran into Cameron Kearns, who I haven't seen since I was a kid, and he definitely didn't recognize me. I was like, Juice. He was like, Oh, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. Wow. But yeah. I like, bet he looks the same. Yes. <laughs> and then the other part of it is like, That's the all time lead rusher in Buckhorn history. Like, that nigga was a fucking beast. He was. That time at Boaz when he uh, trucked that dude, and that dude flew back three feet. He no was, lie. He was thick as fuck. He was solid. Yes. That was a solid motherfucker. They used to say that nigga was Peter Parker because <laughs> <laughs> that nigga was built, but he like tall and solid. Yep. And then it had the glasses. It had the whole like the fact that we had a black nerd who was like legit. <laughs> it's like kind of dope as fuck. Kind of legendary. <laughs> kind of legendary. Like a whole ass black nerd <laughs> that could kill like, you on the football was field. Was on the honor roll all the time kind of nigga. Like <laughs> It's the dopest person on the football team. <laughs> Seriously, love it. Black excellent, man. <laughs> yo, yo, shout out to Cameron Curtis, bro. Is this episode is gonna be black excellence, like? <laughs> yo, Cameron Curtis is that nigga, bro. Yeah, he is. Damn, damn. But yeah, we like, didn't know what we had when we had it. No, I think we like because like the younger dudes in the football team, like we looked up to all of them cats. Yeah, it's just like anytime I see like Adam Brewer or anybody, I feel like I'm a little kid again. Like, hey guys, hey, how you doing? Oh four, oh five, oh six, oh seven. Football was good years, was especially oh five, oh six, and oh seven. Yeah, 
Those were good football years. Yeah. And being in the band, getting to travel with y'all, that shit was fun as hell. I miss hey. that. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. Man, all these episodes are just be crazy. <laughs> Turn up. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun time. Yeah. Um, how did we get here? Oh, I was at Mangoes. I ran into Cameron. Then I left. Went and did some other shit. I was just like, it was just feeling good outside. And I was like, yo, I'm just gonna go up, hang out. I finally got the hat in, so I was out promoting with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I went by Wendy's office, talked to her crazy ass, got the rest of our equipment. So, yeah. And then I just came back here and I drank uh, Ciroc uh, Black Raspberry mm. with uh, Simply Lemonade. Oh. I still got some. You want some, bro? <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to the gym. No, nah, bro, turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the gym. <laughs> no. I know you, you get motivated by Beyonce eating air for eight months. Basically. But no, fuck this shit. Basically. <laughs> Throw it all away. <laughs> if she can do it, if her country ass can do it. I don't know if my country ass can do it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she said, no carbs, no soda, no. Did she say no alcohol? Well, that's yeah. what that's the one that had me. I, 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 I'm sorry, Reverend. I'm not gonna be able to do that fast. That's what'll get you right. <laughs> I'm trying to be snatched, honey. Summer is coming. Shit is gonna yeah. be here. It really is. Like Easter was hot as fuck. Easter was warm. Yesterday Easter was, was hot. Warm. Yep. Today, I think it got to like eighty. Like yeah. It's starting to. It's it's time. <laughs> I just ain't ready for these. Southern summers, man. Yeah. Them dog days. That's the only part about the South. You got to be fuck the South. It's the racism and the fucking heat, bro. That's why I be at the motherfucking pool. Post it up. Like, those are the days where nothing can get you cool like getting inside the fucking pool. Do you actually swim or you do that nigga shit? <laughs> Lately, I've been doing that nigga shit, but I used to swim. I used to swim. I don't even know if I can swim anymore. It's been that long. Like, I haven't even tried. <laughs> I think that's part of it too. Like a lot of white people just assume we can't swim. Uh, a lot of us knew how to swim. We just ain't practiced in a while. It's like, man, fuck this shit. Ain't nobody else fucking swimming in this shit. But uh, yeah, I like to take a cool uh, like trip to the pool, even though that shit got mighty racial when I lived in the apartment. Did it? Uh, yeah, I remember you talking about it. But it is what it is. I've always enjoyed pool life yeah me too i learned um my best friend's mom taught me how to swim when i was nine or ten me and as me as dad taught us how to swim because he felt like it was necessary for every black person to know how to swim yeah he he wanted them black excellence fathers too shout I, out i mean to i appreciate Bill. that <laughs> i appreciate that i i agree like i think it's very necessary for black children to know how to swim especially if you hang out with white people, especially if you hang out with white people, yes, but just like if you with black people, ain't nobody jump going to the pool. The trips that we used to go on, like an Operation Nehemiah and stuff, like to the water parks and stuff, like black excellence Operation Nehemiah. Okay, getting on them big ass slides that might take you under the water. If you don't know how to swim, that shit is scary. That was me. I used to be. In- <laughs> <laughs> Shook as fuck. <laughs> 
Like, I think it's important to know how to swim. Kids, <laughs> kids have pool parties once they hit a certain age. Like, like I said, they're going to be going on trips to places with water parks and shit. Like, I think you should know how to swim. Yep. That's our call to action. Mm-hmm. Teach these little niggas how to swim. I need to reteach myself how to swim. I honestly have not actually like dove in the water and stroked through like I haven't propelled myself through the water now, in a while. When I lived in an apartment, that was the most I went to a pool since I've probably been an adult. I was uh I had actually started practicing again. And then it started getting awkward and I was like, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> That nigga's trying to teach himself how to swim. <laughs> Whoa, guys, I'm just refreshing. It's not like <laughs> I never do. Right. <laughs> I just got to get back on my shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. That's stupid. Use your common sense. <laughs> the hardest part is just uh, remembering how to breathe. Yeah, your timing of breathing. Mm-hmm. Man, this shit is weird as fuck. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I only edited it. Eight minutes from the last podcast. Yeah, it flowed really well. Yeah. Now that other one, <laughs> definitely, definitely got to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Recently, uh, Tuesday, I believe, there was a young man named, his first name is Nigel. Nigel. Nigel Shelby. Shelby. Who uh, went to Huntsville High School, which some of you may know, my mom teaches at Huntsville High School. So. She knew him. Mm-hmm. How does she feel about it? She's, part of it is because she's looking at it as, because I was really bullied growing up and I was in full disclosure, uh, suicidal. Hmm. She's kind of looking at it from a different point of view from some of the other people. Cause I guess it hits really close to home. Um, Richard Pryor always had this thing where it's, oh, he committed suicide Thursday. So, after school, he went home and he killed himself. He was openly gay, and he had apparently been bullied, and he also was dealing with depression and anxiety and other issues before the bullying got worse. So, Richard probably said this thing where he said, it's hard enough being a human, like just going day to day without killing a motherfucker. And the way he he used that joke was it's really hard to be a fucking black man or a black person in America. Well, it's really, really hard to be a black person who is gay gay. in the South. That is very, very hard. Yeah. And so a couple of our friends who are part of the community have voiced how they feel about it and how it hits close to home. And about, you know, just like either setting up mentor programs or setting up something that, because, fuck it, I'm going to say this shit. 
uh, word on street is that Huntsville High was trying to act like they weren't, they were trying not to, I guess, memorialize somebody because they didn't want it to look like they were uh, celebrating somebody killing themselves. Like, that fucking matters when a 15-year-old kills himself. Or, mm-hmm. it was kids making jokes about a 15-year-old killing himself. I ain't, look, I ain't got time for these thoughts and prayers-ass shit. Man. If, if you were talking about gay people in your house a couple days ago and about the gay agenda and all this other Keep fucking bullshit. Keep your fucking thoughts and prayers. Right. Those are not the thoughts and prayers that we need. And if it took... A 15-year-old kid killing himself for you to be like, fuck, that's just it's just sad. Like, they've been fucking telling you. The people that fucking survived this shit, grew up, have been telling you how it was when they were younger. Y'all motherfuckers just don't give a fuck. Basically. You don't care about gay people. Basically. Until it's somebody that you know. And that's the only way that you're able to care about anybody else besides your own selfish asses. You get up in the pulpits and you fucking denounce all the gay people outside of the church, not realizing you're talking to gay people inside the church. All these kids, and you wonder why they fucking left church when they got older. It's because you were talking shit about them their entire fucking lives. And once they realize, I can, I don't have to live this, I don't have to be around this shit. You ain't got to be around these sick-ass motherfuckers. It might not be right now. But you will have a day, baby, where you ain't got to be around these niggas. I um, I commented on the post that shared this, and it's one of the top comments still. But this is from the No More Martyrs page on Facebook, and they basically just gave like a small little background. I feel like I'm getting like greasy as hell. Yes, it's, it's summertime. <laughs> um. They said his name was Nigel Shelby. He lived in Huntsville, Alabama. He was a ninth grader at Huntsville High. Oh, I'm not I'm not hot. I'm not hot. I'm just greasy. <laughs> um His name was Nigel Shelby. He lived in Huntsville, Alabama. He was a ninth grader at Huntsville High. He was gay. On April nineteenth, twenty nineteen, we lost him to suicide. Suicide in black youth is on the rise and has reportedly reached twice that of white youth. Unfortunately, for evidence of this, you don't have to look much further than the state of Alabama. I graduated from Huntsville High. I'm still processing this loss. We have so much to understand and so much work to do. Racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, all of this plays a part. Bullying is a byproduct of a world ill-equipped to include that which is deemed different as a result psychologically damaging othering. Damaging othering. I think that's a typo. No, uh, Psychologically guess. damaging others occurs, yes, and leaves many isolated, self-loathing, and depressed. Don't shy away from the necessary conversations around this. The cost is too high. So there were so many posts that were just like, one lady said, he was so handsome. May he rest in peace. My condolences to the family. So sad. A beautiful child. Prayers for his family. Uh, so sorry for the loss praying for his family so everybody's like pray like i'm tired of praying i'm tired of this shit so this is what i said i said y'all got to do more than pray if you really care in all caps 
Faith without works is dead, people. Literally, that's what I said. I said, get some people into these schools to teach these children about effects of bullying due to race, sexual orientation, handicap, etc. And then get the parents involved because this shit is passed down, and especially in the black community. I'm going to talk about that in a second, too. But I said, and get the parents involved. Homophobia is learned. Break the cycle. Do something. Faith without work is dead. And now so is this baby because no one is doing the work. Who protected him? Who let this bullying go unnoticed for so long? Because you don't just get bullied once or twice and want to go kill yourself. It has to happen over time for it to get to the level that you want to take yourself out of this world. And that just fucking. Oh, anyway. I said, no one is doing the work. Who protected him? Who let this bullying go unnoticed for so long? Teach these kids that bullying is life-threatening. And like 57 people liked it. And it's the top comment right now. But I'm tired of everybody talking about, oh, prayers. Like, we just going to pray. When y'all be the same motherfuckers who go to a church listening to a pastor condemning gay people. Like, shut your fucking ass up. I'm tired of y'all being fake-ass Christians. Mm-hmm. Are you going to welcome all of God's children or none at all? Like, don't give me this wishy-washy half-ass bullshit. Stop talking about your fucking prayers, if, especially if you're not teaching your kids not to be homophobic. Right. Especially if you know for a fact you homophobic. It's just like that that uh that cop who got fucking uh put on uh leave because he he got on Facebook talking all that shit about. The gay agenda and all this shit. Man, shut your fucking ass up. And then to all the fuck boys who were in it, he has a right to say that. No, he doesn't. He's a public servant. He doesn't have the right to fucking talk about a 15-year-old kid killing himself and that. Seriously. All of this shit. Fuck him. Go get even more angry. This is why like, we didn't want to talk about the fucking Zion Wade shit about how uh, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade are affirming their child's lifestyle because... And taking them to uh, pride and stuff. And y'all ignorant ass cave dweller motherfuckers are out here saying some shit about, yeah, you're just telling the kids it's okay to be gay. It is fucking okay to be gay. Right. That's why fucking kids kill themselves. Because y'all motherfuckers are up here talking on the high horse, talking about what a real man is. You ain't paid for your fucking kids. You ain't paid for shit. And then it'll be stuff where whole girl toy boy toy things like you don't need to play with this you don't need to play with that i'm like y'all are too homophobic up in here like he's not at the age where he's even thinking about sexuality no and colors and hate to tell y'all are not gender based right and kids don't know it if they are no matter what we tell in fucking society kids don't fucking know what a pink toy is versus a blue toy and that pink is supposedly for girls and kids don't fucking know that shit a toy is a toy kids make toys out of fucking plastic plastic bags like we gotta quit passing our shit on to this next generation of people and that includes homophobia racism uh this closed-mindedness in general like granted we, we none of us were raised perfect because we're all human but you gotta look at these babies and realize some of this shit is happening because we are fucking up yeah and too like now that he's at the age where he's talking like he's communicating with words he that means he's also starting to comprehend it's echo um that means he's also starting to comprehend words so you got to be way more careful about what you start saying to him about that kind of stuff because he'll internalize that 
but that's the same stuff we've been we've internalized. It it's, just it just really pisses it takes me a off. step for us to realize it. Like as somebody who was also and always deemed not to be manly enough, especially by my dad and stuff like that. I look at this shit a little different. And I also had to unlearn my own uh, homophobia because a lot of people used to assume I was gay. And so I had to fight that struggle of knowing that who I was and being like, if I was gay, it would be fun. <laughs> people used to assume you were gay? People still assume I'm gay. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that assume I'm a lesbian. I don't know. And I guess because I ride for this shit so hard, but it's because, yeah, I mean, that's part of the shit that take, took me to that level. I, all this shit is kind of triggering, like, to be all the way honest. Yeah. But I feel like I ha- like we had to talk about it because it happened in the city. And it just but- really breaks my heart that anybody would commit suicide, but especially little black gay men, gay boys, gay men, just like... To get to the point where you feel like dying is the is better, like yeah, and then the feeling of ah, shit, <laughs> yeah, that shit breaks my heart to right. think that people can make people feel like that. Really, just like kills me. You have those emotions at that age? It's like damn, you have gone through a lot. Yeah, like so to be ugh, a baby. Um, <sighs> when I was thirteen, that's when I thought about doing it, and I remember the day I was fed up, and then I was like, I had this one class. This were all the shit in my life. Like this is the class that everybody was roasting me. It was fifth period. And I was like, it's Mr. Bird's class. Like, man, I cannot go to that class. If I go to that class, when I go home, yeah. So, I was trying to check out school. I mean, fuck, I cannot go to that fucking class today. I cannot go to that class. So, I go to the nurse, whatever. And then, I'm just making up shit. I'm just trying to throw anything at the fucking, uh, the wall to stick. And then, so, nothing was working, of course. And then, there, and I was like, man, I just can't go to this class. I guess they saw what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's when they started taking me a little bit more serious. Started asking me what's going on. Yeah, but then when they asked me who was the ones picking on me, I got some people in trouble. and That made it worse. Yeah, a lot worse. And then that's when isolation started. And it got really dark before it started getting better. So... Uh, <laughs> yeah fuck that. that then then the schools gotta fucking know how to handle that shit better that's why i said like who was around protecting him they they have to know like what's going on in the hallways and in these classrooms and outside of these classrooms and hallways to be able to to see this kind of shit and then like when not you can't you can't the part that makes me the angriest is when I did my student teaching, I taught seventh graders. So that was the grade that I was getting bullied the most. 
And the level seventh grade is a hard year. That's yeah. like when everybody's hitting puberty at the same right. time. And some people are behind and some people are ahead. And the ones behind are definitely going through a fuck up. Like that shit is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so when I did student teaching with seventh graders, I realized how much I was able to see. I don't know if it's because I was one of those kids, but to see how much a teacher is able to see, like, you know, like when you're younger, you're like, How how do they know I'm cheating? They don't fucking know. You can see everything. Mm-hmm. You're because it, it's just like my professor used to say, y'all are using the same laws I used to use when yeah. y'all <laughs> when yeah. I was your age. Yeah. So like you're able to see everything. So you see all these kids getting bullied. You know the ones that are catching hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like somebody had to know because that's the whole point of bullying is to be open about it and to do it in front of people's faces. So somebody had to hear this shit. But like. The principals at Riverton told me, like Mr. Lepper was, I was just going to suck it up and be a man. So you're getting this shit from adults. Put that on the obituary of the, the child who kills themselves behind that because they can't emotionally handle being a man at age fucking 11. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right. He didn't Excuse have the it fuck figured out. out of me. Yeah. So, yeah. Survivors. We have to speak out. Yeah, put your prayers up. Say your prayers and then do some shit. And whatever voice you have, use it. That's why I was like, man, I don't want to talk about this shit. <laughs> because I am sitting here crying like a little bitch. No, this shit's hard but to talk about. It's real shit and it sucks. You also, like, all right. And it doesn't have to happen. <laughs> the reason i thought about all of this too um i always talk about my ra my melvin who listens shout out mel what's up bro um so he listens to every episode and he's always supportive he's always been helpful to every episode yeah whoa reverend mail wow he's a pastor for all the cussing (laughs) he went to grambling just like all of us so (laughs) he is used to it so um on the episode where i was talking about uh how some of my friends were gang members yes (laughs) he was like who was a gang member (laughs) so we started talking about other stuff and some kind of way we got on my roommate clay i've never talked about this really but my roommate my freshman well i had three roommates my freshman year the summer session i had my roommate evan he was from fairfield actually he played for the team super cool dude like we got each other we both from alabama like he was laid back smoker dude i'm laid back smoker dude Mm -hmm. so we got each other Y'all were having football conversations. Yeah. It was like, it was the perfect transition to have a roommate. And it's like, he watched my back. I watched his back. So, uh, he was a football player. So they moved him all to Tiger Village, which was where all the football players stayed. So I had a different roommate. So I was like, well, first time it went good. So, you know, we're going to be out here. It's going to be cool. Uh, so well, I mean, you know, Go, like we both like on you know the pleasantry shit 
And then, like, he's older than me, so he's trying to be like, he gonna show me the ropes and shit. <laughs> like I said numerous times, I am a not, I'm not a coach me nigga. Do not coach me. Do not do that to me. Do not try to control my life. I will react very different. Mm-hmm. So once he realized that, that's when he realized that he was just going to break me like on some prison shit. Mm, so we got into it one day. This nigga picked up my bed and flipped it and started just throwing my shit or whatever. And I'm like, hey, this is the wildest shit I've ever fucking been through. And so, every, like, he opens the door and starts dogging me out. Everybody in my hall is, like, laughing at me. And I'm just like. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I am 19 years old and I am going through this shit right now. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I get triggered like a motherfucker. And I decided if I was ever going to get treated like that again, something was going to happen. And it wasn't going to be me this time. So he realized that and he instantly tried to calm down and act all this shit. So, so going forward, it just, me and him are not getting along. Everybody knows it too. So my retreat is I'm not going to be in my room at all. I'm just going to go hang out on the yard. I'm, I don't know anybody. So, I'm just going to force myself to meet people. Mm. So I'm just out using the free Wi-Fi because that's when I was introduced to free campus Wi-Fi <laughs> to download all the illegal uh, music I was listening to. So I would be out there all the time on the yard just chilling, people wilding out, all the this pretty girls all around me. And so over time, I'm talking to them and stuff. Like just on friendship tip because I, just, I just needed somebody to talk to. Yeah. So... Over time, all the dudes are like, yo, this nigga know all the cute girls out here. And we started hanging out with this dude. So we started hanging out. We started talking about music, of course, because that's right up my alley. So I started putting them on shit. And I get to become Alabama The juice. popular dude. Yeah. I become adult juice <laughs> after being weirdo kid juice, which was still cool. So I got to be myself outside of the room. Inside the room, it's like, man, fuck this dude. And then I start smoking tons of weed. <laughs> <laughs> because the first group of people I hang out with, like uh, that guy Keith, that I always talk about, um, the one that posted the video that time about talking about the Grambling, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hung out with him and his crew, which was called the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> they were just hip-hop nerds and just talk about wild hip-hop nerd shit the entire time. So I was just a little homie in that group. And then some of them had to leave early because, you know, financial aid, shit like that. They were all from, like, Cali and, like, New Orleans and stuff. Yeah. So after, like, Keith left, I started hanging out with more so the people in my dorms that were my age. Because they all started to hate Clay too. Hmm. And so, Karma. Yeah. So eventually I started building good relationships with everybody. And then so people like noticed that I never was around him. Like all the other roommates hung out with each other like all day. Never was around him. So he used to leave our door unlocked because I guess he thought he was the shit. 
Okay. <laughs> so we had traditional dorms, so we had to share dorm uh bathrooms, bathrooms on the ends. So one night I went to take a shower. I came back and some of his friends that came in the room when he was asleep and start like just fucking with him, just on some friendship shit. And so when he got back, he tried to blame me for leaving the door. I was like, nigga, you literally rigged this <laughs> shit to stay open all the time. Like, so I'm just going at him. And he was like, nah, nigga, you must be on that weed and shit that these niggas hyped you up. I was like, nah, nigga, let's fucking go. So <laughs> his friends were outside like, yo, Dennis, what, what's going on, bro? Because <laughs> they had never seen me. I was like, nah, I'm sick of this motherfucker. <laughs> and everybody, like, his one friend, the nigga, Cam, this nigga was cool as fuck. He was dying laughing. He was like, yo, this, is, this nigga is serious, bro. Like, Somebody <laughs> got to die today. <laughs> so Clay's like, I guess he's like embarrassed now. And he's just like, he don't know what to do. So I keep going. They they holding me back at this point. This nigga went and pulled fire alarm. Oh, my God. What a pussy. So... Melvin, but he he flipped your bed and shit, right? Okay, so he pulls fire alarm. So Melvin, being the strict disciplinarian that he is, everybody has to leave the uh fire <laughs> leave for fire alarms, and everybody has to be outside. And he has to count everybody. So we get outside, and the group is a circle forming. I'm at one end. And then he's on the other end and they circling around. It's like this. It's about to happen. So I'll never forget this. So he's talking shit or whatever. And at this point, I'm like, I literally say this like, guess we're going to have to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> and them niggas' face is like, oh shit. <laughs> so he starts like doing that, that whack shit like, he ain't going to fight. Right, like he prancing around. He hoping I'm gonna like duck down or whatever. Prancing around like Muhammad Ali type shit. Right. So, yeah. He, uh, no incident happened. But this is where it gets even crazier. So, when I was talking to Mel, he was like, he was like, who is your roommate? I was like, Clay. He was like, Clayton Davis. I was like, he, Mel didn't know all the shit that happened. He just knew some of it. So I told him about it. He was like, yeah. So basing all of this on what I now know as an adult. He has mental issues. That and he definitely has beaten a woman before. Hmm. If you'll do this to to a guy and try to control uh, your roommate, you definitely have tried to control your partner. Very true. So I did a Google search. Oh, no. And October 2018, Clayton Davis was arrested for attempted murder. Against a woman? His estranged ex-wife, she had started dating somebody else. He broke into her house and tried to kill them. That shit happened to my manager at Mac. That shit happens a lot. Her, she dated this nigga for 11 years. He cheated on her. And mind you, he was a sickly ass nigga. Like he had some kind of rare, like, um, autoimmune like disease where it makes his pores like super inflamed if he eats certain things or is exposed to certain shit. And if it inflames and he swells and he can't move and like 
she was with him taking care of him for 11 years he cheated on her she found out and said she was done with him he started being controlling he started coming up to her job always trying to get her to come talk to him outside started following her till one day she went to they live somewhere she's from somewhere like around the Birmingham area so she went to go and stay with her mom for a couple days to get away and he followed her down there and was trying to break into her mama's house and the neighbors were there saw him and shot him and killed him oh men are wild yeah um <laughs> so the fact that your roommate your ex-roommate my ex <laughs> was that same kind of man that shit's scary to think that like you break up with a nigga and he might try to like ruin your life afterwards or that you, you don't even take you dating him. I don't like dudes this nigga was trying to control my <laughs> right <laughs> but and then I never it never dawned on me until recently. And then when it did dawn on me. That's why the last two episodes have been light. Because I've had some realizations that are crazy lately. And one of which was Oh, so I was bullied again. And that's why I was triggered. Mm-hmm. And I never dealt with that. And I've never told anybody that until just now. All the I guess 70 something people are listening to this. But, uh, yeah. So, because I was so embarrassed. And then it was. I didn't realize my coping mechanism was to go out and get fucked up with my friends, which continued for years. Yeah. It's just, well, I wasn't in that situation. Yeah. But when you develop that kind of habit, you tend to just find those same kind of people and just keep it going with different groups of friends until you realize that you're self-destructive. <laughs> yeah. So the next semester, uh, I got a new roommate. My nigga Pooh. He goes. I think he listens a couple episodes. He was cool as fuck. He was laid back smoker dude, and so he started hanging out with me and my smoke crew. Shout out to the elite foe, Tania, uh, Gutta. D-Lo. Um, and we just smoked mad weed. I remember one time, it was like, I was smoking like nine blunts a day. That's the part that uh, Doug was talking about on the, on yeah. the edit. He was like, what? <laughs> Bruh, that 420, I smoked 20 blunts. Yeah, I want to say, um, when I was living with my guy roommates, one four twenty, I think they had like twelve blunts in rotation. But I also didn't realize I was self medicating. I didn't realize I was self medicating until this is after Chance died. This is after Austin died. That's when I started losing the shit. Yeah, like I was losing my fucking mind, and I was like, "Oh, I have anxiety and depression." I knew I had depression, but I just thought I was just being a pussy about it. Like that's what anxiety is. Yeah. So, I finally saw help again. Now, I did see help, seek help when I was at Grandma, and I think that's part of the reason why they kicked that nigga out. Because I was straight and went and told everything was happening. I never told that until just now, either. Yeah, that was the first time I ever saw a therapist. Yo, this shit is... 
That was some real shit. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't be embarrassed by that. Yeah, it's still embarrassing. That's real shit that people are going through right now. That's what this little boy went through. Yeah. And y'all gotta fucking intervene. The signs are there. Y'all just gotta be aware. Be alert. That's also why it's important to people who have survived bullying and abuse in other ways. You have to speak out for the people that don't understand. And you gotta get help. Yes. And don't. Because obviously that that had happened to him. Somebody must have been too controlling of him in an abusive way that that was the only way he knew how to treat other people around him was to control them. Yeah. That was how he got his freedom by controlling other people the way he was controlled. Yeah. I don't know how much I'm put out. I'm scared, man. Why? That's some deep shit, man. I just had a whole ass session. So we both be talking about deep shit. But people always get so like this is the other thing. When people start saying ignorant shit, because that's some one person we follow on Twitter, I had to meet his ass because he be saying dumb shit like because somebody said something about reaching out to queer kids. This is before this happened, and he was like, "Queer kids that exist." Like, yeah, yeah where do you think queer people. adults come from? Right. <laughs> See, Their childhood. Children are little people. <laughs> Who grow up to be big, big people? people. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, what the fuck? like, and, like, when you ask somebody that people say stuff like that without thinking about it, it's like, so when did you realize you like? I asked my sister this. I'm like, so when did you realize you like boys? She's like, when I was younger, like around yeah. 11, 12. You don't think those kids that were like the Yo, same way? I definitely like the same sex, right. and I cannot tell anybody that. People put too much into this shit. They it's really like do. they act like it's so foreign and so <laughs> just like like it had existed since the beginning of time. What happened to you to make you this way? And You're like, well, I think it's a choice. All the gay people I know <laughs> would choose we, to be straight because they know how shitty it is yes. to be treated as a right. Gay it person. was really a choice based on some of the discussions with my friends. They much they prayed literally that they would be straight. I ain't no choice, man. I know a lot of people do. Yeah. Especially like here. All these it's churches on every block. Man. All and if all you want to do, if you go to like one of these booming ass churches and all you want to do is be a part of church, but you can't be a part of church and be gay, so you gotta suppress being gay, you probably trying to pray your gay away. Yeah. It's it's a lot of people that probably think that going to church religiously and being involved in certain things will help to get them back on track and maybe they'll meet somebody that'll change their minds out of what they know that they desire deep down. That's just sad, man. It's just like, uh, churches. That's why I said church is fucking toxic, bro. People really don't. That's going to have to be the next episode. Yeah. I guess we're getting back to our real shit. (laughs) (laughs) Church is toxic. People. Church is toxic. in You can't pray away to gay. Man. Also, since Pete but uh Buddha Judge announced it's been uh a lot of these uh uh gimmicky ass uh reverends coming out saying that uh if he wins it'll this I ain't gonna remember the nigga's name, but he said it would be a homoocracy. And I 
I've never heard that word before. <laughs> I don't know what a homocracy is. And I don't think he knew he was, you know, like them pastors to just come up with some gimmicky ass shit. Be like, oh, this going to be a hit. This a bar, nigga. <laughs> this is a whole ass bar. And they just be saying shit be like, but pastor, that doesn't make any sense at all. Nah, these niggas going to get this shit. Homocracy. Somebody going to put that on a t-shirt. I know they are. And then, like, he was like, so they're just going to start rounding up Christians because, I don't know. Like, Pete Buttigieg is a Christian, so I don't know why he would round up other Christians. Or <laughs> the funniest thing was gay people in the mention is like, so what is this homorocracy thing? I'm trying to get down with it. <laughs> like, oh, that shit sound lit. <laughs> like, you gotta have humor about some of this hatred. It's just like when True. people be saying racist ass shit, sometimes that should be funny. Not for the reasons that they think, but just like, you dumb fuck. You thought that shit was gonna be funny. You thought you had a bar? You didn't have a bar, nigga. <laughs> That weak ass shit. <laughs> oh, they gonna flip when they hear this shit. Psych, nigga. <laughs> Next. Okay, I think we wrapped that up pretty good. Yeah, that was like what two hours, almost. I'm crying in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you needed that. Yeah, I felt better. I don't know how I'm feeling when I listen to it, but I felt better. It's just, I don't, the only thing about shit like that is like when you tell stories and then people were there, they would always try. I, all right. Okay, I kind of feel you on the whole, like, people trying to explain your life <laughs> to you. <laughs> Very out of body experience. Like, whoa, bro. <laughs> Like, that's Wait, how you see it? That's how you see my life that you only see glimpses? Shit, nigga. What? Yo, what is going Like, so I, I guess this is the part that's making me nervous. Like, people try to act like this shit wasn't as crazy as it was. So, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.